This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast, and it is a very special mini-sode. I am Mike Rappin. This week, I am joined by Kate Scotchless. Kate, how you doing? Hello! We are here today to talk about one of my favorite, absolute, wonderful X-Men characters in the world. That's a weird way to say that. We're talking about X-23, a.k.a. Laura Kinney, a.k.a. Talon? Yeah, we're going to go into it. So, Kate, <laughs> you and I sat down and we talked about this, like, what were we going to read for this mini-sode? Because we were going to do, like, an X-Men Part 2, and I was like, no, 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 let's, let's do X-23. Or maybe, you, at some point, I gave you a list of books to read for X-23, and... I can explain this origin, Yeah, like, please, go for it, Let go for me it. break this down, folks. Step one, Kate sees Logan. It's the cutest, best thing ever, with stabby little potato Laura Kinney. Step two... <laughs> There's a sale running to go in tandem with this movie, and I'm like, I need more X-23 in my life. Mike, what do I buy? And he tells me to buy all these volumes, and so I do. Step three, Mike's like, we should talk about X-Men and a show. And I'm like, hey, I bought all these books you said to read. We should read them. And he's like, cool, you're really going to love it. Step four, I'm on vacation, having a good time in a good mood. I break these bad boys open. I'm like, wow, there is so much child abuse and trauma in this book. Mike, <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> I mean, but like, you loved it, right? <laughs> it's so good. It's so good, but so depressing. Oh my gosh, yes. Hey, so, Kate, you and I, we bought a bunch of books, or I own some, you own some, whatever. And we specifically read X-23, The Complete Collection, Volume 1, and then you continued reading on, because I'd already read this, of Volume 1 and Volume 2 of X-23 by Marjorie Liu and a couple of different artists. So there's a lot to go into. I mean, the X-23, the complete collection, covers a ton of books. It's like a 500, almost 500 pages long. Um, this is Innocence Lost by Craig Kyle and Chris Yost with art by Billy Tan. Target X by Craig Kyle and Chris Yost with art by Mike Choi. A one-off Captain Universe slash X-23 crossover <laughs> called Double Threat. So weird. Which is so weird. X-23, The Women of Marvel, one-shot by Marjorie Liu and with art by Felipe Andrade and Nuno Alves with Jay Leaston on inks and Nuno Alves with... There's so many people on that issue. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I'm not crediting colorists on the previous stuff. I'm sorry. We're going to post a link that has all the creators. I just want to get to the titles here. And finally, there is... There was three issues of Marjorie Liu's The Killing Dream, which is the first half of the first volume of X-23, so we'll get into that. And then there's a single one-off issue called Judgment by Cy Spurry and David LaFuente, and that's like a ghostwriter story. Um, so this volume is very full of weird things, like the Target X stuff, I think, is a one-off or a couple-off issues of a new X-Men run. Like... This book is all over the place, but yeah. let's start with the abuse. I love like abuse. Ghost Rider just shows up. I'm like, we're going to wrap up this volume by introducing yeah, yeah. this new character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I said, let's start with the abuse, and I feel bad for saying that. Now, the beginning of this book is pretty goddamn rough, and I mean that in a lot of ways. The story is rough. The art is rough. Uh, everything that they do in the series is pretty rough, and then they retcon some of it later. So, Kate... I don't know, how are you feeling about X-23 after reading just, like, the complete collection? Because I know you'd read some of the all-new Wolverine stuff, which is later, and I want to get to that. But um, just from the beginning of this volume, like, I think the first two stories give a good rounding of X-23's origin, a.k.a. Laura Kinney. We found out about some stuff. And I guess, full spoilers for this volume, there's a lot of X-23 spoilers that are going to be happening today. So if you haven't read a bunch of X-23... 
get into that and then come back. But yeah, Kate, let me let me let you actually answer my question. How are you feeling about this? <laughs> so, net overall, love the character. Um, there were large facets of elements of these books that are quite dated at this point that I didn't oh, yeah. love. And Even it reminded me that comics have improved. And as much as we feel like day to day things aren't changing, holy crap, Marvel really published this, huh? <laughs> like, um, so like mm -hmm. the, one of the things that gets me there is like you're introduced to X23 and she's a child. And I mean like seven, eight years old. And we're seeing her um, being horrifically abused and all that stuff. But then they're also dressing her up to go out into the wild to kill people. And she is 10, 11 at this point, stated on page, right? So we know that she is a tween and they're putting her in like bralettes and miniskirts. And I'm like, holy shit, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a bit much. <sighs> yeah. It's a bit much. Important question that kept hitting me for these first two volumes is why does Laura look like Dr. Kinney? Like, that, well, it's one of her... Wasn't it one of her eggs that they had to use? I thought they were explaining that they just took the X uh, chromosome from Wolverine and duplicated it so that she has two Wolverine Xs. Yeah, I. so it, the science behind that is really poorly explained because they're like, well, the Y chromosome just keeps failing, and so if we replace it with an X chromosome, it's not going to fail. Um, okay, sure, I will roll with that. But yeah, how do you put that inside of a person to have the baby? Because later we see that they're growing X-23s in test tubes. That is a fucking core thing with X-23 in the years beyond this book. Right, is that, that there's a people bunch are, of them. They're trying to make more of her, and she keeps going and saying, I can't let you do that. I'm awful. Um, you can't make more of me, because then that We're would be awful. We're just adopting her, her sisters. It reminds me so much of Orphan Black. Where it's like, oh, well, yeah. I guess we're family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, in, in these first two stories about her time at Department X or whatever it was, they don't, I don't remember if they gave it a name, but it's really interesting because she, as a character, feels really bland. Like, they don't give her any personality. Right. And I think that's intentional because she's supposed to be abused and all this stuff, but she has this connection to her mother. And so the ultimate ending of this book where she ends up killing her mom is the it's still like heart wrenching to this day. It still haunts her as a character to this day. Right. Um, this is the clutching of the pearls for Batman kind of story for her, where it, she will never ever be able to let it go, and so that's why she spends all of her time destroying and killing everyone uh, who tries to do this a similar thing. You know, if she sees any kind of child abuse, any kind of things like that, her mainstay in life is to go and just you're dead. I'm sorry, you have no. There's no like gray area for her. She's willing to just I'm straight sorry, up murder. You folks. have to die. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that 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 thing changes over time. Um, what I found really interesting in this volume is the little one-off issue that we got um, where she's hanging out with all of the uh, X-Men X characters. Um, because there's, for a while, X-23, she shows up at... Uh, that the Xavier Institute for Higher you know, Learning or yeah. whatever the fuck it's called. And she gets put on a team, like, because comics are basically anime in some ways and so at one point Craig <laughs> Kyle and Chris Yost were like hey we're gonna break up these groups of new X-Men that um uh like that are kids that are going to the school that Grant Morrison introduced and some of them we created like Dust and Mercury and stuff uh and we're gonna put them all on teams and so 
they're this team called the Hellions, and there's another team, I don't remember what they were called, they were led by Surge, um, and th- those are the characters that, that we found, uh, or we met in this volume, and they're like, oh, you're going to go hang out with your girlfriend, Julian, and Julian is, aka, his name is Hellion, he doesn't have hands, because he lost his hands during a fight against the giant Super Sentinel, there's so much, like, Kate, I can't explain how excited I was to just read those little issues, because it brought <laughs> back so many fond memories of teenagers getting abused in comic books oh my that I god, just love. Mike. No, oh my I mean, god no no I, I kid it's I, I really love those stories because there was a lot of personality in all of those characters and uh you saw it even in the little issue mm-hmm. they were all drinking except for dust because she's muslim and she's like well i'm having a great time even though i'm not drinking uh, and i like the you get just a little different reactions from each of the characters like rockside slide is a piece of shit and julian is sad because he lost his hands and x23 wants to love him but he's like just love me and she's like i can't because i won't let myself get hurt again and it's like oh soap opera shit it's so good yeah, and you just got so that from good, a couple of issues but mike they also are so bad like we just mm. get a real casual eating disorder joke in there and stuff yep. like that and you're just yep. like yeah, oh, yeah. oh jesus i mean i'm just highlighting the stuff that i like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's definitely like you know some some use of crazy girlfriend and uh that i i felt had like a heavier weight than was necessary um scott summers and emma frost there's a there's a moment where scott summers and emma frost i took some wonderful screenshots from that issue uh they're standing in their bedroom and scott doesn't have a shirt and he's laying in bed and then like there's three panels that are supposed to would normally be over someone's shoulder Mm -hmm. instead they are across emma frost chest mm-hmm. and it's just like her boobs take up a third of the panel <laughs> yes and because i was like that's what we want to see right i was like what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah. uh anyways so and, and we're, we're kind of jumping all over the place i mean the the i guess the story here is you know we meet x23 as she's basically born out of a test tube it, born out of a woman yeah she's her born mother. out of dr kinney which is like this whole forced impregnation storyline that's a little rough uh, it's a little rapey and i was like not okay rapey. with it uh, yeah i i didn't they they i don't know this book was published at a time where it was like yeah implied rape is definitely gonna make someone look like the bad guy that guy looked like the bad guy when he showed up on page you didn't right? have to do anything to make him seem worse he was all, like making ruthless in any other way and i would all, i would get the same picture you didn't i don't know same. there was a lot he of didn't shit need that to i was be just beating his girlfriend he didn't need to be doing that we didn't need uh sexual abuse as a backstory for dr kinney to get her character but yeah like at all we didn't yeah. need that at all she was she's a great character without that and what? i i what such I, a weird drive. What I did really like was Dr. Kinney's narration of like the letter she's writing to Laura um, kind of goes across that whole first arc and is the narrating kind of pieces that tie everything together. I really like that as a writing device. Yeah, I agree. I think her, her doing the quote unquote narration that X-23 or aka Laura is reading later breaks your goddamn heart oh yeah like I that's said, what gave the, it the emotional punch for me the ending of that that story is great but it doesn't mean that it's a perfect story by a long shot and i right. think um that's the most unfortunate part about this is like when it, it we've got this brand new character tons of hype behind her because making a clone of wolverine this isn't the first time but this one's gonna stick and then they go and they they you know they wrote it this way and again this was 10 plus years ago 10 years ago maybe uh, i don't 2005, remember 2005 i think yeah so we're 
not in a great time for comics. We're not in the worst time for comics, but like you said, Kate, things have definitely progressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the story, you know, goes on. She she's grown in a lab. Uh, she's and she's treated like this object. They try to destroy her empathy, and then in the next arc, we get like flashbacks. <laughs> Mm-hmm. to this time and then this new character Kimura Kimura I don't know how you say her name just gets introduced they're like yeah she was there the whole time right that threw me she so much I was like what I like thought that like I was reading this on Comixology's app and I was like did this download wrong because I was reading it offline and I was like this they must have missed pages I'm like nope that's just what it is they're like they just no they just forced it in and decided mm-hmm. she needed a rival she needed a rival. This is her handler who's been here the whole time. It's so out of left field. And then she has this giant, it's like a turtleneck spandex suit. So we got to yeah. cover our neck. But then this ha- huge boob window cut out and hip cutouts, a la Listen, like Kate Bishop. Kate, <laughs> that's for flexibility. Like that's you can't right. move around. Like, you got to air that shit out. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways. So we, we get introduced to this Kimura character who's kind of the threat in the, in the arc. very one dimensional. Oh, yeah. She's just, they, you like, can't don't kill just me. introduce her and pretend she's been there the whole time. They're like, they introduce her, but not really. And then, like, to the point that I was like, what is her power exactly? I'm so yeah. confused. I forgot. Like, I again, I knew that this character existed because she shows up later. Um, and I forgot what her power was. And they don't really tell you until like three issues in. Right. That's where I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Anyways, so just, just sorry, I just want to get through like the high level and then we could dig in on each of okay. these. And like, so the, so we follow this thing with Kimura and it's kind of like, she's got a rival out there and you better watch out. Then there's this one-off issue where the universal power that powers Captain Universe, I don't even know who that is really. I'm sorry. I'm a bad Marvel fan. I don't know who Captain Universe is, imbues itself inside of X-23. She goes and kills some dudes. And then that's only relevant because later in the series, that power shows up again to help her. Boom. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, then we get to this one-off Women of Marvel issue. Um I don't even remember. What was that issue even about? Uh, it was not memorable. Yeah, exactly. Um, we get this opening to uh, Marjorie Liu's story. Where's the, where did the X-Men piece come in? Was that the Women of Marvel issue? Man, you're, the We're, Women of Marvel I remember exists because it's on this sheet that says Women of Marvel. Yeah, okay. But Either like, way, so we get, we get this bit of... Uh, Wolverine and Hell thing and Marjorie Lou's thing. So at the time of the Killing Dream when that book came out, um, X23 by Marjorie Lou, that issue, that beginning of that is basically X23 knows there's something wrong with Wolverine and she can't put her finger on it. And it turns out, and we know this now, and we knew this kind of at the time, that Wolverine's soul went to hell and a demon was inhabiting his body. So anytime you saw Wolverine, it wasn't supposed to be him. And so X23 figures this out. And, uh, oh, was the Women of Marvel issue the one with the crazy pencils? I think it was, because the Women of Marvel issue introduces this, like, demon or something that wants to, like, take control over X-23, and I don't know where it came from, and it's like, it's been here all along. It felt really fucking weird. And so that demon thing that she fights off and is like, I'm too powerful, um, because she has, like, a strong will, and she (laughs) does, uh, shows up in the Marjorie Lou run where there's this demon of Wolverine that has captured the demon, I guess, that was inside of X-23 from the Women of Marvel thing and put it in a cage. That's the only relevancy that it has there. And I can safely say that I did not read the Women of Marvel thing until I read this book. And it didn't matter to me because that's really not (laughs) important to the story. It's the Wolverine demon thing that's actually important. Um, Anyway, so we, we get a little bit of the 
X-23's soon-to-be adventure across the world, and she ends up meeting up with with your boy Gambit, and they mm-hmm. go and help each other, and it's amazing. Uh, there's some bits about Storm that I want to touch on in a second, but then finally there's this one-off issue um, with Simon Spurrier uh, and David LaFuente. They did this thing with Ghost Rider, uh, and I'm pretty sure that the Captain Universe thing shows up at some point, and she wants she wants Ghost Rider to kill her um, by staring her down. It's it's a bizarre issue. She's so, like, trying to figure out if she has a soul, and she's like, do yeah. you see my soul when, yeah, it's very weird. Again, lots of weird stuff, lots of really great stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's a sum up of everything. I realize we're like 20 minutes in, but still... A lot of stuff happens in this volume, <laughs> and then we haven't even touched on the rest of the Marjorie Lou stuff. So, I don't know. Kate, can you give us a quick like overview of the X-23 stuff that you read, and then we can maybe just poke and prod at all the different stories that we've read for this? Sure. So, I read that complete collection. I also read volumes one and two of the Marjorie Lou run. The first one has art by Will Conrad, and it's not progressive. <laughs> To say the least. Um, to say the very least. And like then on volume two, it's like a 180 and we get Sana Takata on art. And it is... Sana Takata, oh my goodness. So pretty, but also weird because it's like a very different style than you've seen X-23 done in before. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. it was jarring. and it, So both of them were jarring to me, but in different ways. So um, in volume one of that run, we get Miss Sinister showing up and she's like, I'm not a clone. I had DNA injected into me that's trying to make me a clone. And that's totally different. And you're like, wait, right. what? <laughs> Logic. Yep. Um, and her outfit made me want to scream. Like I screenshot that and sent it to like you and Xander and Brian. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It is instead of just a crop top. And we've had a lot of crop tops so far in X-23 at this point. Instead yeah. of just a crop top, now we have the balloon boobs with, like, the crop top slash bodice, like, uh, thing with, like, the stitching up the center mm-hmm. and stiletto thigh highs and booty shorts. And I'm like, wow, booty shorts. And also a lot of hip hugger jeans at this point where we're seeing a lot of hip bones and butt uh, shadows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I remember hip hugger jeans and this artist sure did. But this was like 2012 at this point, 2010. Mm-hmm. Like, were they still in fashion then? Because I re- um, that was high school for me. Hell yeah, they were. Kate, can you read this comic book? Um. <laughs> I was like, someone get Karatia on the line. I have a fashion question because I'm right, pretty right. sure these weren't cool by that point. <laughs> I'm not positive. Yeah, so it's very different because then we get the Sana Takata art where she gives X-23 these really big eyes because that's just her art style. And so it makes her look much more innocent just because that's how humans associate faces or whatever with big eyes being childlike. And at that point, we've seen her so dressed uh, super, we got to make all our women sexy and mm-hmm. so dark and being this very in this very dark place um, that then we get these really big eyes and it's very jarring in that you're just like, oh, wow, is she still innocent and childlike? I think. I think yes, actually, yeah, but it's a very yeah. it, it's a very big 180 when you just you know flip the page and it's a, a new artist like that, which I think is always true. I'm glad they didn't break mid run. Um, I much prefer it when they do between volumes like this, so I do appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it's I agree. just that I, I literally was reading them in one sitting, and so it was a thing. Um, yeah, I but get you. In that volume, we get uh, 
Jubilee and Wolverine show up because Gambit's called in the the Calvary and they're like, we're all here to support you. And she's like, cool, Jubilee, you're a vampire now. You'll kill me, right? And we're like, whoa. <laughs> yes. And, and th- this kind of gets to the central core of X-23 at this time. <laughs> yeah, she is profoundly depressed. Yeah, it's it's an interesting character thing that I didn't really pick up on as being such a big deal, I guess, when I was reading this. Not that, like, being suicidal or anything like that is, is something that you shouldn't take seriously, but I, I thought at the time when I was reading all these books that it was like, oh, yeah, they just kind of use this as a weird thing because it's not really touched on too much. But when you read all these stories in a go, it's like, Holy shit, Laura yeah. wants to die, and she hates herself. She's been made to kill over and over and over, yeah. and unlike the so many um, characters that we get seed for, forced to kill like that, like in addition to doing it as a child and being horribly abused that way, she also mm-hmm. remembers so much of this. And then the catalyst and volume two here of Lou's run is that she, they've come across um a list a kill list that of play, people that she was sent to assassinate and it's just one page of many and she only has this one page but it's so many names and so she's like yeah. oh i'm a terrible person and jubilee and those guys are like well you were forced to do this like completely outside of your own control right with so, a trigger scent and stuff like right. that which is a a thing that gets introduced really early on and honestly haunts this character for years and years and years. Right, because it got bizarre. out there. Yeah. Uh, it's the thing that I I took away from this. Um, like, it's specifically, I think, that Women of Marvel issue, maybe that's what it was, where she meets up with the kids from NYX. And I know we were originally was like, hey, you should read NYX. And I reread it recently, and I was like, maybe you shouldn't. The was only that bits the that one-page are- summary that I read that it was like, so anyway, hand-wavy, Laura got taken in by a pimp and was a prostitute for a while. And you're like, whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was. That's the thing. It's like the thing that I, I liked about NYX was the characters that they created for that series because they're really outside. They're like, if you like Runaways, you're going to like NYX in a weird way, in in some ways, in that they're kind of outcast characters that are on the run because they're mutants, because it's at a time when mutants were like uber hated because House of M had happened and they were some of the few people that had survived. Um, because it, during this series, House of M happens, or during this whole book, like House of House of M happens, so there's only like 198 mutants left. Laura is trying to help people at this recovery center for people that used to have mutant powers. Like a lot of background things are happening that kind of alter the story. And X-23, you know, meeting up with these kids at NYX where she had escaped the compound and then eventually she was living on the streets and she decided not to fight back against some pimp and I hate that storyline. I fucking hate that storyline because it's so not that character, right? Yeah, like, it doesn't make it would, much sense. She it really doesn't make captors. any sense. Exactly. The fact that she would go and work for someone is fucking bonkers. Yeah. So I, I really hate that and I choose not to say that that's canon in my head because it's like, it's such a different wrong in my opinion wrong take on the character based on everything that was built um to to do that they were trying to just be fucking edgy and it's like teen prostitutes are not cool like fuck you joe quesada i'm sorry um yeah that's that's just human trafficking and yeah yeah. we don't like that exactly and i i feel like it's a it's a it's an easy 
way to do something super edgy. But at the end of the day, NYX wasn't even about that. It was about a damaged character. X-23 coming into that series didn't have to be a prostitute to be a damaged character. Well, and that's I can tell the thing that, that and we've talked about this on the show before. A lot of the stuff that we objected to, it's not that we objected to the the topic per se. It's that it's used as a cheap shortcut and is yeah. not actually the point. So like all of the rapist backstory, all of the um, like this stuff, it was unnecessary and not treated as seriously. And um, like you said before the show started, you know it's not necessary for X-23 because Wolverine exists. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like Wolverine is a damaged character and he didn't have to be raped or whatever to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And... That I don't know. It's it's so funny. There's all these these lines you can draw between the two of them, and that's intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, if they fuck up X twenty three, then you know it's because they just were lazy. Because right. if they everything they want to do, they can do or have already done to Wolverine. So there's no reason they need to go beyond that for X twenty three. Like, yes, there should be heartbreak. Yes, there should be all this stuff. The same stuff that every other major character deals with. But like, to do things that are usually typically more traumatic and awful because they're things that are specifically done to women like that just means you're using her gender against her it's just it's not fair to the character but i don't want to harp too much on this because there is a lot of good that came out of this book yeah well and it's it's (laughs) yes i mean i i really liked a lot of it and so it yeah and it's not even just that you're using gender-based violence well then that's fine but also then you need to actually address it and not just use it as a cheap backstory which okay pedestal stepping down from we've definitely talked about this before let's go to what we loved because holy crap like you're saying there was a lot to love this the more i read x23 the more i want to read x23 because i love her so much she's so good so so the bits that i really liked in this was the interrogation um, by Daredevil and Captain America of all people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why mm-hmm. they. I don't know why it was the two of them, but it made me so happy that it was them because those characters. One, I forgot that like I don't read a lot of Captain America and Daredevil, and I really love those characters a lot when I do read them. And so to have them intimidating and have them <laughs> have and, them drawn so yeah, in and, such a pretty and way. Daredevil's like, because I'm her lawyer. And like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> there's there's so much of that to like really like just from a like an out of context perspective like it's it's so much fun and i i I love the way that mike Choi draws those characters like mike Choi draws really weird characters sometimes so a lot of people don't like his art um i do really like his art sometimes i didn't like x23 dressing up in the corset for no fucking reason Mm -hmm. but i did love the way that he drew pretty boy captain america multiple times (laughs) captain america was such a beautiful man (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I love that. I love her meeting her family. I think like that is such a yeah. core thing for her. I loved it's it so much. Dr. Kinney's sister, right? So it's her aunt yes. and cousin. Yeah. And they've like lied and like tried to brainwash her cousin into believing this uh, kidnapping when she was a little little kid didn't happen. And Laura's right. like, no, I was the one brought in to find you. That definitely happened. I killed that guy. <laughs> yeah. So in a in a previous volume, there was a there was a moment where Laura Kinney or, or Dr. Kinney 
um, pulls some strings to have her niece rescued because her niece was kidnapped by some man. Um, and X-23 shows up and... Uh, sure, like, instead of a, a bloodhound, we're just going to bring in this seven-year-old from the lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she straight up murders the dude. And so her cousin is taken back and then her parents denied it. They're like, oh, no, you dreamed all of that, blah, blah, blah. And so when X-23 shows up, there's a moment of like, oh, shit, this is all real. And there's a there's some really good moments between the two of them that I'm glad... I, like, I forgot about them because mm-hmm. they show up much later in All-New Wolverine, and I'm like, shit, yeah. These characters are super yeah, important. they were really um, good together. So as someone who reads comics like this for a long time, if you're reading all of X-23, there's a great payoff, I think, later. Yeah. Um, I really I really did enjoy that. I, I really love Mike Choi's art. I know there were some moments that weren't so great. <laughs> there's a moment of X-23 standing in a basement holding her stomach, and it's just like, all boobs. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what? Why he is definitely that even was like, she needs to be as scantily dressed and provocatively dressed as possible because yeah. she's a teenager and that's what teenagers do, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, my favorite is she shows up to school in that and they don't kick her out because schools don't have dress codes. Remember, kids? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The I, I did like the, the bits between Wolverine and X23. I know, like, it's, it's really cliche to have this like father daughter thing, no, but I, like I it don't. A lot give a fuck because i love it that so much and same with gambit in x23 with these these Ugh. men who are so damaged themselves seeing themselves in this damaged teenager and being like yeah. i'm gonna help you because i've been where you are and we yeah. can you can choose to turn your life around and i know you don't relate to these other x-men so we're gonna go off with you and help you find yourself and all that stuff and i'm just like oh my god i'm so here for dad gambit and dad yeah. wolverine the well, two best dads. Happy so here, Father's Day, everyone. <laughs> here's how I see it. It's like there's... Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, I see it as like Wolverine is like her father in a lot of ways, right? And sh- he doesn't want her to repeat his sins, even yeah. though she he fucking put her on the X-20, X-Force kill team. Like, at the time, like, there's the, the issues where they, like, they go to the school and uh, the kids are like, oh, I can't believe like, Laura's on the, the X-Force team. And that's like the X-Men kill team. Like, mm-hmm. Cyclops at one point was like, yeah, um, we need somebody to go kill these purifiers because they are fucking up our Christmas and there's only so much that we can take. And yeah. so Wolverine puts together this stupendous kill team of Wolverine, uh, Domino, X-23, uh, Vanisher, and... Oh, shucks. I can't remember the other two. It's an awesome team. That book is beautiful. Clayton Crane does some amazing work. But yeah, X-23, she she gets put on this team and it's like, after going this this life of I don't want to kill people anymore or killing is really re- fucking me up, Wolverine was like, don't worry, kid, I'll watch out for you. Come kill with me. Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, that's totally weird. Different. And so so when we get to, you know, the Marjorie Lou stuff where she goes off and she's like, I need to fucking do my own shit. Also get away from this demon Wolverine. That's like her, she left X-Force, she left all this stuff. And there's like some really solid character growth here. Um, and you see it even more as the series goes on, like the Marjorie Lou stuff. Oh man, oh man, Kate, there's so, I fucking just remembered so much cool shit about this series, about like how X-23 gets to become the woman that she is by all new Wolverine. And yeah, I I, I really enjoyed some of that, a lot of that stuff. Like all, all the Wolverine X-23 interactions are just fantastic because it's like, I'm a bad dad, but I want to be a better dad. And she's like, I know, but we shouldn't hang out. And he's like, that's probably a good idea. Did you... <laughs> What did you think about, like, later we get um, when, okay, so when Wolverine and Jubilee show up 
um, to Gambit, and this is in volume two of mm-hmm. Lou's mm-hmm. run. So Wolverine and, and Jubilee show up, and this comes up when he's talking to Gambit, and Gambit's like, you fucking put her on X-Force, like, exactly. you're part of her trauma. And then he explains, he's like, tries to explain himself a little more, where he's like, uh, well, I did that because at that point, killing for someone was the only thing she knew, and she needed to get it out of her system, and blah, 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 yeah. blah. Well, they, they do this thing with her as a character where she, like, has this bloodlust. I don't agree with it, and it's really inconsistent. And I think at the time, Laura was at the school, uh-huh. and she was getting a bit too violent during, like, re- I was going to say during rehearsals, uh, during training. <laughs> And Wolverine was seeing this, and someone in Storm was just, oh, you know, I'm really worried about her and stuff. And um, and I, I don't know. It's 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 weird because they they were like, well, the justification is that she needs to go kill, but ultimately, I think that really fucks her up even more. Yeah. Um, like I think it. That's again, that's the failings of this shitty it, dad. That yeah, she has. it felt that, very um back like kind of backtracking explaining but also maybe worked because like you said wolverine's so fucked up himself he's like you just not need to kill people to get it out of your system right that's what i do and you're like well, i mean yeah, pet tracks <laughs> i guess but at the but like i think at the same time the proper answer was like she needed to find a way to channel her oh, rage yeah, or her no, bloodlust in a different right, way right but it does seem like solid wolverine logic <laughs> oh absolutely oh, yeah, yeah to that i absolutely yeah agree. yeah but yeah, I, I guess, uh, yeah, but you're going to, so it sounds like you're going to keep reading this X-23 stuff. So um, I have the rest of volume two to read and then volume three. And then the only other X-23 I own is Nyx, which I'm going to read definitely. But okay, yeah, I've been warned by you, so I know what I'm getting into. But then yeah, after yeah, that, I, mean, I don't have more. So I think I need, I want to wait for a sale. Um, and then pick up the more of the all new Wolverine that yeah. um, she was in because I I fell off the wagon not uh, because I didn't like it but because of funding shortages for comic yeah. book hobby which is mm-hmm. the most tragic but also common reason for falling off series for me I feel like at this point yeah yeah um, it's a good series Tom Taylor writes wrote one of the best X twenty three stories I've ever read hands down so. And I, I think uh, Mariko Tamaki, she picked up uh, a volume later. She did a 12-issue stint that just ended recently. It was pretty okay. Um, I think there was a lot of fun stuff in Mariko Tamaki's run, um, but not a lot of like development and mm-hmm. good action, whereas Tom Taylor knows how to do tell a story that... He's a good writer. Develops, yeah, he's just a solid writer. He develops characters really, really well. Yep. He, he introduced us to Honey Badger, and I'm super happy about that. It was so gimmicky at the time. Oh, it was and then so I realized, good. I realized, you know what? If you don't care, this is a lot of fun. And I yeah. was like, maybe I shouldn't care. And then I had the best time in the entire world. Yeah, I, I think that that was one of the things I was noticing uh, transitioning from reading the complete, uh, the volume one complete kind of thing into Lou's run. And it's like, oh, she can write dialogue between characters really well while having them have mm-hmm. different voices. Although there is one point where Wolverine's annoyed with um, Gambit and he calls him Gumbo as a derogatory name. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, like, at, like listen, you, Wolverine Gumbo. would use a swear. Yeah. He would use a swear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so actually, speaking of writing, I do want to bring up something that I noticed okay. and I've always noticed this. Um, when X-23 is written, I don't know who at Marvel Editorial has dictated this, but Laura Kinney never uses contractions. Right. 
And she writes in a way that's very robotic. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that I love it so much because it's it's very like who her character is. Like if you read, especially when she's interacting with other X-Men, like a lot of these books are her on her own with a lot of like internal monologue right. and stuff. But when you see her talk to people, um, her dialogue is so obvious because she doesn't write in slang. She writes very formally like robotically like i said and it's i I don't know for some reason it like really really works for me and so later when you're reading like all new x-men and you're reading x23 by mariko tamaki uh or sorry all new wolverine you'll you kind of notice that she slips into more of a human voice but like it took a really long time for her to get there i think i don't know it's something that i really noticed in this volume i was like oh shit right that's because that's how she talks in these earlier volumes and if you do ever take the risk (laughs) And jump into New X-Men Academy X, which I found out very recently used to be well-loved, now very well-hated. Um, it's When X-23 shows up, she feels really awkward talking to the characters, and it's written in a way that makes you feel awkward for reading it, not just forced awkwardness. Yeah. Like, it's it's super well done. Yeah. I mean, and I will say Marjorie Liu, and I think Craig Kyle and Chris Yost and all these folks, they I think they capture it. Like, whenever she says, I don't want to do that, she says, I do not want to do that. Right. Like... It's it's so cool. I don't know. It's just it a little tiny thing. Me, okay, so a lot of so here my life right now has been watching Orphan Black, uh, the show with Xander, yep. and okay. which is clones, and then reading this, which is clones, and uh-huh. then at work working on a project that involves overriding the clonable class constantly and cool. having variable name clone for all sorts of things. So like. My life has been nonstop clones for a bit now. <laughs> and the thing that I keep drawing the parallel to was between X-23 and Helena from Orphan Black. And I'm not going to do spoilers okay. because Orphan Black is amazing. And if you haven't watched it yet, I don't give you a time limit. I'm not that kind of person. Just watch it immediately. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, Helena has a kind of stinted speech pattern as well from how she was interacted with as a child and also is just like that kind of vengeance killer where she's just like oh this is bad and i've never lived a life where you could trust bad people to get punished so i'm gonna do it i'm gonna take this into my own hands and she's this very independent prolific killer um like and i like x-23 is like that like when she sets her mind to killing someone she fucking kills them (laughs) like right it's basically no one stands against her um and i really like that yeah, bad guys are gonna get got. That's that's the thing with X twenty three. Yeah, uh, especially in these earlier volumes. I think that's it's Which something is part that she of the has, why she, that that prostitute thing made no sense. Exactly. That exactly. Ugh, Kate. Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally agree. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's it's. I I like that in these earlier volumes how like black and white she is. Like, um, either this is okay or I'm going to kill you. Yep. Like, that's where it sits. And over time, she she learns about grayer. She understands that sometimes it's not okay to kill. Um, I mean, not to say that that's a thing that she immediately jumps to, but uh, she does start to understand that same feeling thing that Wolverine gets eventually um, after many, many years of being a straight-up killer, mm-hmm. uh, that she understands that compassion and understanding and that, you know, something someone has done something wrong, but they can be, they can attest for their, or what is it? Yeah, test for their sins or whatever. Tone. Like they can be atoned. Thank you. They can atone for their sins and they can, you know, be forgiven, um, even at some very heinous level. Like obviously, there are people that are just straight up evil in her life, and yeah. so I understand why she's like, they will die. But um, 
you know, just because someone, you know, murdered someone doesn't mean they can't necessarily be forgiven in some capacity. So it's interesting to see like the evolution or know the evolution of the character and coming back and reflecting on these old issues. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I mean, there's, I don't know, there's always more. I could go into the whole, oh, oh, so one thing I did want to bring up, <laughs> a couple things really quick. If you do want to read like more X-23 beyond this, I would recommend the new X-Men Academy X. Um, even though I just listened to a podcast where people just dragged it through the dirt. Um, I still love it. I still which, have affection which, for it. Is that the one where they're like the original team, t- uh, teenagers come into the future to... No, no, no. Okay. I was I was getting there. I'm getting there. So New X-Men Academy X is all about like it was written by Craig Kyle and Chris Yost and it features like Surge and Dust and Hellion and Rockslide okay. and then eventually X-23. Um, and you meet some teenage characters that grow on in your heartstrings. And this is where Glob Thurman shows up, for instance, for anyone that's out there reading the uh, uh, Age of X-Man stuff that's happening. Um, a knoll and armor kind of show up. It's, it's all really good. Uh, that's really fun. And X twenty three also shows up in all new X Men, which is the clo- which is the original five come back from the past into the future, and we get this very short lived, and boy oh boy, I feel like the internet was set on fire when it happened. But it was like a small romance between Cyclops and X twenty three, and all them angry nerds out on the internet could finally be like, good Wolverine and Cyclops could get together, and it's not gay. Oh my god. <laughs> It felt like a fanboy's dream in in some in some ways. Uh, I was I I think it's a fun relationship. I much prefer the Hellion X twenty three relationship because there's a lot of like hot tempers and misunderstood emotions between the two of them because they met at a time where X twenty three was still like acclimating to not being a hired killer constantly, um, and she ends up falling for Hellion and. She doesn't understand this emotion of like liking a boy, and oh my god, it's perfect. And he's just like, "I'm too cool for school." And then I lost my fucking hands. What the fuck? <laughs> it's 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 insane. Kate, I'm having too much fun over here. Okay, um, okay, but here here's where I got confused with trying to move forward. I'm like, wait, I just read the complete collection, volume one. Don't I want to read X twenty three, the complete collection, volume two next? And that's not on Comixology. You can only get it in paperback. They didn't don't appear to have a digital copy. Oh, that's uh, like you weird. can't get a digital on Amazon either. And weird. well, so then I was like, well, what am I missing? Do I need to buy this? Because it's cheap if you buy it used on Amazon. And I mean, like fifteen bucks, which for an actual like a complete collection, which is like I don't know. I'm assuming it's a lot of pages. So I looked at what's in this, and here I'm going to tell you: it collects X twenty three two thousand the 2010 run issues four through twenty one. So I'm guessing that that's the uh, Marjorie Lou run that we're reading those volumes of. Then you get Dakin. Is that how we pronounce this name? I think it's Dakin. Dakin. Dark Wolverine eight and nine. Yep, that's because they did a crossover. (laughs) Uh Yeah. And then material from Wolverine, The Road to Hell 1. Yep. And all new Wolverine Saga 1. Oh. And I'm like, that would be a ride. And that's a, that's all good. That's all really good shit. Yeah. And so, so basically what is on Comixology is all of these volumes in the like separate volumes. So like yeah. I have the X-23 run as volume 1, 2, and 3, which is on Comixology. And I'm assuming these other ones are on there as well. They are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and so they just never put this co- collected edition on there, but you can go and read them in, in this order um, if you'd like. 
Well, so the crossover issues with Dokken, I will say, um, they're a back and forth between X23 series. Okay. So when you're, I bet you if you read it in the collected edition, they would put them in the order that they're supposed to yeah, be read. Yeah, which is always nice. Yeah, that's and that's always nice. Um, yeah, that Dokken, oh my God, we didn't even talk about him. I, he He's an interesting character because he's, I don't know, magically somehow Wolverine's son that didn't die in Japan all those years ago or something like that. Or or maybe, and I'm sure that someone's going to be on the internet and call me out on this. I think maybe he was actually like like a, an, a son out of, like a kid that he had while he was traveling in Japan or something like that in like the 80s. I don't remember because in my mind, I was like, oh, what? it was the woman that he loved back in the day during World War II. Yeah. But then it's not. I don't know. So Dokken cool ass fucking tattoos he's such a bad amazing villain like he's so chaotic evil but like you also love him because he's suave as shit so <laughs> his whole thing um and i only say that because he was the villain in in cena grace's <laughs> Iceman, and i loved it so much because cena grace was intentionally trying to feature like all these queer characters in his book and Dokken is like canonically bi like he's okay. it's it's fantastic so he shows up in x in Iceman, and he's just like Hey, Bobby, what's up? You want to, like, kick it? And Bobby's like, you're a bad guy. And he's like, I know, but we could kick it. <laughs> Listen, there's not that many of us in this universe, Bobby. Yeah. And then, but then he's the, he ends up being the villain in, in a different way. But it's 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 great. But Dokken is such a weird character because he's Wolverine's quote-unquote son. And so he feels this rivalry with X-23 because Wolverine definitely loves her more because she's because they're both as bad like if you take x23 and Dokken at face value as terms of like their quote-unquote crimes right. they both have the a, a, Wait, but a was huge he forced? list <laughs> let me get to it let me okay, get to okay. it so if you take their list of crimes at face value they've both done really really bad shit yeah the key difference is x23 was forced into it and forgiven by wolverine Dokken tried to atone but said yeah i did this and it was my choice and wolverine couldn't forgive that okay so so Dokken forever holds this grudge against Wolverine for being just this fucking awful dad because we already knew Wolverine was a bad dad. But he holds it against him and so he's like, I'm going to kill X-23. I'm going to kill Wolverine. He's the villain in a bunch of different stories and it's it's really good. I almost feel bad for him because there's a lot of a handful of moments where Dokken is like really honest about how he just wants to be loved and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like break my fucking heart, why don't you? And... Yeah, I I really love his character, but that the crossover issues that they do are basically X twenty three versus Dokken because he's like, I need to kill you. That's just what I'm here to do today. <laughs> it's awesome. So I hope you read those. Is what I, I'm saying, Kate. I'm gonna, and I will also say because I have this page pulled up on Amazon mm-hmm. to read this uh, thing. Did you know that Marjorie Lou is an attorney? I did not know that. That also, I did not know. She's a attorney and novelist and then also writes comics. And she's yeah. written a bunch of paranormal romance and urban fantasy series that have been bestsellers. So, like, who I feel knew? feel like you found your new favorite artist who, or creator, I should who say. Who knew? Uh, yeah. But anyway, this volume has 4.5 out of 5 stars on Amazon with uh-huh. a lot of reviews. Uh-huh. So, I think you're not alone in loving it. Um, and yeah. I'm going to have to find and read this tie-in stuff. Yeah, it's 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 real fun. Um, Tie-ins yeah, ruin my I, life, honestly. They're, it's so frustrating <laughs> to me. Like, I get why comics do it, but like trying to hunt down when you're like reading back stuff, which is my most of my life at this point. I'm reading stuff that came out in the past, and now it's like, oh, I need to find these two issues. 
for this to make sense or to get the mm-hmm. full story of some other comic. I'm like, son of a bitch. And a lot of times if you're just reading, you're like, oh, I grabbed volumes one, two, and three, so I have all the stuff, right? Wrong. Like, (laughs) (laughs) comics, why you be like this? No one knows. No one knows. Um, Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you're going to keep reading. I I really want to hear what you think of the end of Lou's run on X-23 because I remember it being very, very satisfying. but yeah, I guess we we've been recording for almost an hour, so Kate, I think we're gonna have to wrap this up okay. and say and and maybe we'll revisit X twenty three again. Yeah, as always, to be continued, especially with the X Men. Always. <laughs> well, you know, if you're interested in following some stuff that Kate and I are talking about, you can follow me on uh, on. Blah, blah, let me start that again. Well, if you're interested in seeing more of my X-Men rants and all that stuff, I do post quite a bit on Twitter, so you can follow me at Mike Rappin, and you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast, where I basically retweet stuff that I post, but I also retweet things that other people post that I think are really cool or are related to comics and in general manga and things like that. So make sure to go follow us on there and on Instagram. I've been trying to post regularly on Instagram, so please oh do that. Oh my God, Mike's going to be Insta-famous. Get on this bandwagon while the getting's good. <laughs> Uh, You could also find us at ircvpodcast.com, where we also have this fun pronunciation guide that I should consult more often for creator names. And there's merch, if you want merch. You can email the show with your comments, questions, jokes, and so on at ircb at destroythesibe.org. If you have read and loved or hated any X-23 books, please write in to let me know, because I need to know what to buy at this point. Um, This episode first aired on Patreon. Thank you for supporting us. And yeah, we, we've been trying to post more and more stuff on Patreon, so please, if you haven't checked out all of our series, we, we really hope that you do. And if you're listening to this on Patreon, thank you for supporting us. Uh, Infinity Shred is the best. They have a new album that I believe just came out, so if you get a chance, go check that out. They do all of our music. They are fantastic. Xander is a cool guy that edits this show and just a nice guy in general. Um, can't, can't thank him enough for helping us out. And I want to say thank you to Kate. Thank you to Xander. Thank you to everyone out there listening to the show. Thank you to the Patreon people out there who are supporting us. We, we appreciate it so much. Uh, and until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Bye.